Welcome to the Immeasurable Podcast at the Krishnamurti Center in Ojai, California. This series reflects upon Krishnamurti's work and how it directly impacts the listener. The invitation is to inquire together into the fundamental nature of our existence. Welcome to the Immeasurable Podcast. I'm Leah Long, and this episode comes from discussions Krishnamurti had with teachers at Brockwood Park School recorded in 1976. These dialogues were turned into a book called A Flame of Learning. If you go back and listen to the previous episode titled Learning from Every Moment, Pooja, a former student of Krishnamurti schools, and I discussed some themes from this episode. More specifically, we highlighted how concepts like authority, discipline, and control impact students at Krishnamurti schools, as well as what it means to learn as an educator. This episode delves into the significance of the teacher's role, exploring themes such as authority, sensitivity, and learning. Krishnamurti emphasizes the value of collaborative learning between teachers and students. Krishnamurti said, It is important to establish right relationship between yourself and the student. You cannot do this if you are sitting on a pedestal as a teacher and treating the students as though below you. Come off the pedestal and establish a relationship of mutual learning. You can find this quote in the book, A Flame of Learning, where you can read these dialogues in print. Visit store.kfa.org to order it now. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Should we go on, <clears throat> Should we go on where we left off? We were saying so the day before yesterday when we met. I'm a new teacher arriving here for the first time, meeting people who have lived here and talked here and have heard Kay talking great deal about all this for the last five, seven or two years. And I would, as a new teacher coming here, I am the new teacher coming here. I would like to, I ask them, please, I would like to learn from you all what you have gained or in, what you have been informed about <clears throat> not only the teachings, but how to transmit these teachings to the students through their regular subjects. So they first said to me, to me, if I'm a new teacher, <clears throat> that I had it and I forgot it, just it'll come back in a minute. One of the things was not to create a group or what around. That's second one, first, first one. one. Huh? Yes, they said to me, what is important is to establish right relationship between yourself and the student. And you cannot do this if you are sitting on a platform or a pedestal as a teacher and treating the children as though down below you. 
come off the pedestal and establish a relationship of mutual learning. Then that's the first thing they said, you must learn here. That's what we have learned. <coughs> and you also must learn that, which is, don't approach the student or any of us as though you knew a great deal more than the student does. You, as well as the student, are learning together. So you establish then a, a relationship which is mutual. And also they said to me, if you come here, what we have learnt is that you must have no motive, which means self-interest. Before that they also told me <coughs> that because I come off the pedestal, I must be very careful not to form a group around myself, which will, which will be another form of status. And also they said, you, you are here really not only to learn, but also to, to have no self-interest. which means no motive. And I said, I understand all this. Verbally, I reason for it, the logical, uh, intellectual reason for all this. But have you, who have lived here for so many years, have no self-interest? have no motive. Have you also established a right relationship between yourself and the student? Or are you taking me up the garden path? You know that expression? Right. Or is it we are all working together to bring this about? Right? That's where we left off the last time we were here. I am still the new teacher, and I still want to know, because I want to learn from you, how you act as a community. Because you are here, about 80, 70 people, <coughs> or 100, whatever number is. What is your relationship with each other? Is there any authority which dominates this whole structure, or we won't use the word structure, this whole <coughs> operation? <coughs> Sorry. Now, let's start with that. <coughs> Is there, as a new teacher I'm asking, is there any authority? We talked about freedom, and which implies a 
a relationship with each other, which is non-authoritarian. Now, how do you work this out? In a community of this kind with different types of people, different temperaments, different qualities of intellect, some very bright and others are not, intellectually you know a great deal and so on. How do you work this out? To have no authority amongst ourselves and <coughs> see that the student has no authority either, but yet have order. This, now I'm starting this this morning. Right? Establish for the record very clearly what is meant and not meant by motive. Yes. Because the misunderstandings about that are quite. <coughs> we'll go back to that if you don't mind, because it involves a great deal. To live without a motive employs enormous inward clarity. We'll come to that when we have laid the whole thing out. So how do you, as a teacher in the class, how do you as a teacher outside the class, bring about order without authority? Right? How do, please tell me how you do it, because I want to learn from you. I'm the new teacher. I'm passionately interested in this, not merely intellectually, not merely to I'm here for a job, but <coughs> I like this whole way of living. So please help me to learn how to deal with the student. that having no authority doesn't imply disorder. Having a no authority doesn't imply each one does what he likes. Because we're all living in a small community, together, responsible for the whole of this, whole of this school, the buildings, the gardens, the whole of it. As we said before yesterday, it's like a man in a submarine who is every sailor is responsible for the whole total movement of the submarine. So, how do you work this out with the student so that he doesn't create disorder, that he's punctual, that he's orderly, etc., etc.? How do you work this out? You mentioned it uh, doesn't mean doing what you like. You mentioned it doesn't mean doing what you like, and I think many students, many people, do equate freedom with uh, that word, and they equate authority with the opposite, in other words, someone telling them what to do. So, so perhaps we would have to start with, what does it mean, uh, what you like? So how do you work this out? Not I'm learning from you all. I'm a new teacher. Here, how do you work this out? 
We're going into going into uh, how the likes and dislikes become established and what is behind them. Please tell me. I'm uh, you have. To, I'm learning. I'm here for the first time. <coughs> I'm very eager to learn how you do this. Not how only, not the method, but how did this come about? To have no authority. I, I won't go into. We won't go into all the inward meaning of it, which is extremely complex. But dealing with each other and with the student who comes here conditioned, rebellious, uh, revolt, in revolt against all authority, inclined to do what he likes, and resisting or being impudent when you said we have no, you follow, all that follows. <clears throat> How do you, in what way do you communicate to the student this non-authoritarian way of living. Could we begin by not coming to any conclusion as to whether there is an authority or there is not an authority, and then look to see... How do you do it? What do you do? Do you actually do this? You. Mr. Jenkins, do you actually begin saying to yourself, look, I don't know anything about it, let's find out. Have you done this? Or are you telling me as an idea or as an actuality? Sorry, I'm the new teacher, I have a right to question you. In one sense we do it. Uh, the students are, you know, almost every meeting, some student uh, will say, uh, you, you are acting as an authority in this case, in this instance, so that uh, uh, we look at it. We, uh, we we're sometimes, uh, you know, this rule or this, uh, this suggestion uh, or this... Uh, <coughs> do you talk, if I may ask, do you discuss this problem with the student? So, what happens at the end of the discussion, at the end of year, are they, do they understand the complexity of the nature of non-authoritarian activity, and therefore they are orderly? I think some of them do, yes. What do you mean, some of them? Majority of them don't do it? Why? I'm sorry, I'm the new teacher, so I'm learning from you, so don't, I'm not being impudent. <coughs> Why don't the majority of them be, haven't learned? <coughs> Have you, as a teacher, <coughs> conveyed to the student this way of living, and do do you have no authority? 
and therefore capable of cooperation. Authority means, I mean, authority to an idea. No. An ideal establishes an authority, right? For which we're all working together for an ideal. Or a person who represents that ideal, who then becomes the authority. Or we have ourselves ideals and we want to establish those ideals here. Or we are the, we feel this way of living in an authoritarian way, and therefore we will cooperate with each other. Hmm? I don't know if I'm conveying this. Do we do this here? When you tell me, as a new teacher, not to be uh, self-centred, without a motive, is there an authoritarian drive in me? You follow? Please, this I'm the, I'm new teacher. Please teach me. Le- um, I want to learn from you. Is there an authoritarian? Is the person telling? Is the old teacher who is telling the new teacher assuming an authoritarian? <coughs> so you tell you you tell the student, look, learn about authority. Is that it? Learn about disorder, learn about order. Huh? Is that you are insisting with the student and with each other that we are here to learn? Hmm? Right? That means I'm willing to learn about a way of living in which there is no authority. Right? Well, the willingness of the students who are willing to learn, learn. And the question of those who are not uh, in tune with it or are blocked, don't. No. So I'll find a way. If we, this is what we think, what you have, what, we, what you all think, or you found this the right way, we'll, we will then approach the non. <laughs> the man, who, the boy, or the student who is in, who doesn't accept any of this, then we'll deal with him. How to deal with him? I will come to that in a minute. But do we, together, all of us, accept this? Well, there is no authority. We certainly accept it as an idea. Huh? We accept it as an idea. No, no, not as an idea. But in practice, I think that we always have to be sensitive to uh, uh, when 
we have to be able to see when we are acting as authorities. Quite. So that uh, Quite. it's a kind of learning process for us, because there, apparently there are many subtle ways in which uh, uh, you can act authoritatively. I'm going to learn from you <coughs> the implications of authority, all the things involved, fear, hmm? uh, conflict in myself, and so on and so on. <coughs> in sending out a school statement, you're making clear something uh, different from somewhere else. Is that, does that come into category of uh, authority? No. You're teaching me. <coughs> I'm still a new teacher. Don't ask me, is it? It's a constant challenge from students that it is. So you say, in your letter, you say we are non-authoritarian. We don't say that, no. More or less implied. It's, yes. And a boy comes, a student comes here, and finds there is no authority. And na- naturally, he will then do exactly what he wants to do. So he interprets the uh, conditions laid out in that long hair and your personal appearance is something that we have uh, got some views about. Yeah, how do you... I know, I'm sorry, I'm still a new teacher. <laughs> I know how you deal with it, because I've lived here. But as a new teacher, I say to myself, how do, how do these people meet this thing? thing? Long hair, short hair. Well, how do you... How, what do you do? talk it over with them endlessly, on and on and on. And eventually they begin to see the reason of why uh, we don't want to draw attention to ourselves over this particular thing. So it has gone into The endless talk. Hmm? You're bored with it. You're bored with it, aren't you? You're bored with it, aren't you? No, I'm not bored with this. Anna, no, you get fed up with this, don't you? You get fed up with this everlasting this telling me. Huh? I don't think I am at liberty to be fed up with it. Aren't you? No. Then you must be extraordinarily patient. I think I am. <laughs> so I've learned one thing. You are in a school here, you're very patient. You don't kick the pants or hmm? <laughs> the boy. You, but you say, well, I'll talk to him, I'll talk, talk, talk. Hmm? Until, until they see something of what we're trying to get across, but then they will say, well, isn't that a motive? Are you imposing? I'm, I'm learning from you, don't jump on me. <coughs> Are you imposing your authority your, on him? Short hair, long hair? 
short hair is better than long hair. Uh, neat, have long hair, if you have long hair, keep it neat, comb, tidy, clean. Um, is that all Victorian? I saw the other day <coughs> at the gathering, I was so surprised, say a woman must have been to India who has never combed her hair. Mm-hmm. Plaits, you know, mm-hmm. thick plaits. Mm-hmm. Now there is a certain sect in India, monks, who never comb their hair or their beard. They never wash it either. Huh? No, they never wash their hair either. No. They, I don't think they wash it or they do something or other. But I've seen them, plaits, you know, they are like, like, um, like a felt. It smells, but I've sat next to them, I know about Anyhow, I saw this woman, and I said, good Lord, <laughs> you know. Now, how do you... Is there a different way of dealing with those students who are not mm, long hair, instead of endlessly talking to them? It must be, it must be tiring, it may not be boring, it must be exhausting for you. You can learn huh? quite a lot in the course of uh, getting, uh, attempting to get it across. So you, it is exhausting. Well, I've survived. It is tiring. Let's put it that way. Yes. So what should we do? It isn't necessarily because you, you see, if you really, really do meet that and go into it, uh, you are really having to discover for yourself. Uh, why you are saying this? Why this is being said? It's because I've, I've been to what? Uh, some school where long hair and beard is, is, is the eaten collar. Yes. <laughs> the eaten collar. Yes. Mm? So I accept it. Here you come along and you say, no, sorry, you can't have that. Are you overpowering the student by constant repetition? No, they, they come in any case. First of all, having read a statement, and the idea is, do I want, as you put your film, to live this way? They, by coming, they have said they did, which includes all these things we've been talking about. Now, I want to know, sir, how, how you deal with all You have no authority. Ordinary schools said, please go on here. <laughs> if you don't, if you, we must have short hair. If you don't, please get out. That's the end of it. But here we're not like that. No, we don't do it that way. No, we don't do that way. I know we'd like to do it that way, but we don't do it that way. But so. I know. So, what shall we. How do you deal with this? Is there a way, I'm just asking, I'm not really asking, is there a way of dealing with this problem without constant repetition? Talking over, pointing out day after day, exhausting, tiring. I know it's. <laughs> do you do it or do we all do it? Huh? Silence. Is it that you only do it, madam? No, I think, I think that 
If uh, somebody comes with an enormous lot of hair, people will tend at first to think, oh my God, it's not my job. But I think they do get around to it, and I think it is done by most of the staff. I'm asking, I'm here as a new teacher, I want to learn from you. Do we all do it, or do you do it? Yes? Yes. My God! <laughs> the poor children! <laughs> That's a form of pressure, isn't it? Which is authoritarian. <laughs> no, no, don't dodge the issue. Pointed it out and taken the trouble to say, Look, this is why we feel this way. I understand. It's a pressure. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you, have, you have said, you feel through your experience or through our joint experience that this is uh, the simplest, most forthright way of dealing with something that is a social problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mrs. D, that's not. You're, you're not on the. It's a. It's a uh, Peaceful pressure. pressure. Not if the student understands. Sometimes the student understands find, fairly I understand, fast. I understand all this. I want to find a way of not exercising pressure, but let the student do it. You understand? Can I give an example? If someone comes to a drawing class, and they are doing imitative cartoons of the town they were brought up in, in this big. And you change their medium, or they agree to change their medium, so they're working in a different scale. They function differently, and they're listening differently, and they're experiencing differently. Next week, they will still usually return to that. And this process seems to have to go on and on and on until I'm they... I, I don't want that. That's terribly boring to me. As a new teacher, if I've got, if I come here to repeat, say the same thing over and say, please, etc., etc. Is there a way of doing it differently? Isn't that very a situation? A platform for what we are generally going into here, which is you come with all sorts of notions and uh, you examine them. Are they? Are they? No, you see what I'm trying to get at, Madam. <laughs> I'm the new teacher. <laughs> I'm very sorry we afforded you. Now I want to find. I think this is there's something not right about this. Forgive me. Constant repetition. The repetition. Are you saying? Huh? You're not saying that that you would like to see some long hair. No, I'm I'm objecting. If I come here as a new teacher, I don't want to keep on telling the board, don't, 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 or do, do, do. The most polite way or reasonable way, so, but I don't want to do that. I want to find a different way of doing it, because that again creates a habit. You follow? So then what you're saying is that uh, we've got to convey to the student 
instantly. You understand, Shakuntala, I would like to find out, madam. Yes, but if you said we can't use repetition. I don't want to repeat. Yes. I want to tell him once and finish with it. I know. I, I want to find a way of telling him once, making him listen and do it. It takes time. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to take time over such silly stuff. I mean, I see it, but until he sees it, I want him to see it instantly. Part of the problem is that. You want him to see something that he doesn't want to see, and he deliberately and pointedly doesn't want to see it. And but I must find a way of making him see it. But wouldn't he consider the fact of how he's listening, since at first it doesn't seem to be? No, you see, I want him to learn. I come here as a new teacher to learn. He comes here as a student to learn. So we have to ask him questions. Wait to learn. By constant repetition, he's not learning. No, but the repetition is in. I don't see why I should. No, but I want him to avoid all that. But if you're if you're saying that we're going to go go to go into something one time and to to then be finished with it, the participants have to be listening to each other. I'm. That's Ted. I want Mr. Ted. I want him to. I want to find a way of doing this differently. There must be. And this constant on all of, on the part of all of you every day saying, "Look, do this, do this, do this, do this," or don't, don't. The constant repetition is is not in the in saying you must not do this, but it's more like. A constant attempt to make the student aware of just his entire general behavior and being in the school. You see, I have a habit, a certain habit way, habitual way of thinking, or a habitual. Doing things with my finger, whatever it is, habit. Do you attack the habit, or do you gradually wear down the habit? You understand what I'm saying? Am I conveying it? Well, we don't say don't do this. Yes, you are gradually wearing down the 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 habit. Long hair. No, I think we. More trying to get the student to a point where he will see for himself. Which is which is what? Which is I want to convey something. Which is to break down the habit-forming machinery. You, huh? Would that be right? I'm a new teacher. Please, I'm learning from you. Would you do that? That is, break down the habit-forming machinery in them in a human being. That's what you are concerned. Otherwise, he can't learn, right? Yes. 
I wonder, am I conveying something? Because so if you tell him we stand for whatever it is, that becomes another habit. Could we attack this in a different way altogether, in which you are really concerned <coughs> with the unconditioning of the mind, which is, which is enormous habit, right? I am a Catholic for the rest of my life. What you are trying to do is to break down that habit, right? Now, how would you do this? Because I, if I am a te- as I am a teacher here, I don't want to repeat it. It bores me to extinction to repeat something. So I must find a way of dealing with this differently. Which is habit, because that yeah, you've been to a school where long hair is necessary, beard, and all the rest of it, and that's his his habit, like smoking. He comes here and says, "Don't smoke." Politely try to show it to him the dangers of it and all the rest of it, which is the habit for me. You know? So can we go after habit? The trouble with habit is that, by its very nature, we don't, we are unaware of what we are doing. Yeah. So I'm asking. Because <clears throat> at the end of end of two years, four years that he's here, you want him to be supremely intelligent. Yes, yes, but then because often the next cop comes. Huh? I say. He probably does, and it takes uh, you, you're meeting this situation with a, a new student, and then he sees it. I mean, there's one boy coming this term who, uh, his hair was out here, not him. <laughs> He's not arrived yet. And through letter, I've had to do exactly this. And uh, not just saying you can't, I mean, I don't think that's good enough, or we don't have long hair here. I've had to go into it time and time again, in the letter, about four letters. He says, and I said, look, if you can't see what one's driving at, it's best not to come here, because I don't want to impose anything on you at all. You must see it for yourself. So he writes back by return of post, I want to come. I, don't, I see what you're saying, but that goes on with each people. It takes a certain amount of time with each one, but then no sooner do they break the habit and a fresh group of students come, and you've got to start all over again. I know that. <coughs> I understand it. He, he sort of drives, or many students, they'll drive the staff to a point where they say, all right, now we have to exercise our seniority, so to say. And then they see it really is a serious matter, and then they'll, they'll draw it some attention. But there's a lot of testing going on with the students. They want to see, you know, in an atmosphere where we're not pulling any, you must do this, how far they must push before we you know, Say like you had to say. Well, if you really can't see this clearly, then it's better if you don't come. We've had to say that after you've got, after you've taken the trouble yes, of going yes. away. 
Yeah, all too often uh, we're driven to the point of threatening exile. I mean, right. Put it that way. We have to suggest to people that uh, you know that that if they don't see it themselves, then they shouldn't be here. That that they have the to come here because of the rules, uh, and if they don't agree, if they don't see it, they they can't come here. Or in certain cases, when the behavior is infectious, you know, <coughs> violence or sexual mores, we've had to ask them to leave. We just, I'm gonna think of three. Yeah. In the whole time. But many times, like a student may come and their first term here and their behavior in, in general is not acceptable. And when we talk to them, it's brought out and it's not acceptable. And uh, do they see it and are they willing to change? And, but it's with, I mean, if they don't change, it's clear that this place is not for them, and etc., etc. So that is in their minds. I mean, they bring us many times to that point. You understand, I, I'm the new teacher. Hmm? I'm trying to find out. I know this man, hmm? this way, but I, to me that's most unsatisfactory. Somehow I, it goes against my grain. Well, it's unsatisfactory to us all teachers too. Hmm? It's unsatisfactory to us also. Yes, therefore let's find yeah, out together if there is a different approach to this question. Is it that we often deal with the student in a fragmentary way rather than in a whole way that... How do you do so that? Much? How do you do that? Is that an idea or...? No, I'm, I'm asking <laughs> question. I don't know. <laughs> I want to find out how to do this. Either I, if, if it, I'm a student, I come here, long hair, or whatever it is, and you point it out to me, and I begin to have an insight what you are talking about, because I want to be here. Hmm? I've taken my parents and I, have written letters to you, and all. I want to come here, and yet I have this habit, tremendous habit in me. Hmm? You are attacking the habit, aren't you? Huh? Not long hair, short hair, but through habit you point out the long hair, short hair, right? So you want to break down the 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 habit-making mind, hmm? or brain. How do you do that? Is that the actual? Is that the? reality of the situation, that we do want to break down the habit and not, it's not that we don't like the long hair. Not, sir, not long hair. I come here from America or from India, I don't know how to eat at a table. Hmm? I take the fork, pan it in, cut it huh, and shove it in. So at that moment... Uh, wait, I... No, repetition. I, that's, I want to attack the habit that he has made that. Not tell him, eat this way or that way. We'll come to that later. 
but the the habit that has made him do that. That's my point. That if if I see if I see it as it's not interesting to me the like or dislike I have for that way of eating, but I do want want to break down his habit. Then w with that interest, will not the habit be broken down? I want to find out how to break down so that I don't form habits. You follow, sir? Mm -hmm. Then you have. It's very simple. I'm coming to that. Therefore, when I talk to the student, I want to be clear that I am breaking down the habit too. I'm learning with the student because I've come off the pedestal. And therefore, I'm learning with the student now how to not to form or not to form habits. So with regard to eating, we all go. And, no, no, leave eating short, long hair, short hair. Leave all that aside. I want to find out, <clears throat> as a teacher here, to break down habit forming, like smoking, drinking, all the rest of it. To stop any habit, so that his mind is very alert all the time. It seems to me that there are moments of attention, mutual attention, when habits do drop. Uh, I'm not, not at moments. I want. I want. To, it is necessary that we don't form habits. Hmm? And I want to help the student to do that. How do I do it? What shall we do together? Come on, sir. What shall we do? If he has understood, if the student understand why he shouldn't form habits, hmm? what it does to the brain. Limits it, conditions it, harm. You follow? Makes it small, narrow, petty. If I could convey that to him, after conveying it to him, and I talk to him about how to eat, how to, uh, his hair, this, that, he would then grasp it instantly. Could we do this, sir? That requires a sensibility. That, uh, that, what? Yes, sensibility. How do I create sensibility in the boy who comes here after eating meat, smoke, you know, all the filth he has collected? All this life. I know. Therefore, how am I to? What am I to do? And I don't want to repeat over and over. It means boring, irritating. It exhausts me. What? Not necessarily. It does to me. I I don't want to do it. If you're interested in in pointing out this habit, making it clear so that he understands it and sees it for himself, why is it boring? I'm attacking much more important than short hair, long hair. I'm talking indefinitely. I'm saying if it, if he if I can make him if help him to learn what sensitivity 
is and therefore prevent habit forming. Huh? Then when I talk to him about hair, how to hold it, he will he will immediately see it himself. I don't have to repeat it ten times. Do you have repeated to, it, to him ten times? You've shown them how to eat. You've sh- said about long hair, short hair, general behaviour, and they don't see it. They still go into the dining room and they put a lump of bread on their hand and they smarm butter on it and I they know, take I've seen all that. I've seen all that. So they don't see it in some no, would Which is more important? Smarming <laughs> bread, butter on their... Uh, is that more important than habit forming? I can't see that uh, putting it on a plate is not of a habit. Huh? I can't see that putting bread and butter on the plate and using a knife sensitively is not another habit. No. But he's not learning. He's carrying on what he has done at home or at other schools, which has become his habit. Hmm? And you are trying to correct that, and not his, the machinery that makes habits. I'm at, as a new teacher, I want to attack <coughs> the habit-making. Did we go off on bread according to habit? Or to no, 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 you don't go off on detail about... I'm going to, uh, to me, the much more important is the machinery, the habit forming machinery. If I could change that so that he never forms habits, which means highly sensitive, watching, alert, watching others, watching himself. No, that's not habit. That's not habit. Has tended to do so, it needn't be. Ah, I refuse to. I mean, as there, are, there are various kinds of habits. And then, no, please, I'm using the word habit. I know great many habits. So just take, look, sir, we are, is there a way of conveying to each other and to the student so that he acts instantly? See, see the right thing and do it. Finish with it. Don't you have this is to lay the basis for that first of all by attempting to learn with him what habit is, what its structure is, what its pattern is, what its movement is, because we also have habits. Of course, of course. And therefore, to see them is is in itself part of that learning. Look, sir, you have suppose you have a habit of smoking. Can you drop it instantly and forget never to smoke again? I have no. No, you can. Huh? Drop it instantly. So what? What was? What made? What was behind that? Is this no longer appropriate? But it didn't belong. 
Is it a perception that the brain tends to function in groups, tends to function in habits? And, and that's Mr. Jenkins, tell you I'm a new teacher. So please, you have habits, haven't you? Can you drop those habits instantly and not be told over and over and over and over again? Politely, kindly, non-irritated, occasionally irritated, you know, explain, explain, watch and say, do this, do <coughs> Can you see your habit and drop it instantly? Habit of speech. I might be able to as an adult, huh? I might be able to as an adult but as a child. I very much. I, I may repeat it after establishing this idea of breaking down habit. But then I'm, I'm interested in, in myself whether I'm watching my own habit for me. Yes, but I want it's much more. I don't think it is necessarily an adult thing to do. It may be. It may be related to <coughs> something of being highly watchful. And child's children are very watchful. Hmm? They're also much more cold than some adults oh? to do exactly as uh, their peers do. If the other young people eat in a certain way, they... They copy, of course, of course, of course. That's, but, you see, they are watchful. Watchful. The, expand that watchfulness. But that's watchfulness to uh, conform to the image of their generation. <coughs> but uh, <coughs> I understand that. But I want to expand that watchfulness. It's my job to help him to learn, <coughs> as he is capable of watching, to say, watch everything, not only your little group. Watch how it comes. Watch! But that kind of is closer to imitation. Huh? <coughs> I mean, the, the, the people who grow long hair are not watching people grow long hair and then see the no, beauty of it. They have not, they, they just fall into the trap of it. Right. That's so all. Now, we want him to learn not to fall into traps. Therefore, he has to be watchful. Right? How, what will you do if that is so? How will you set about it? Calls in other people. Meda, I'm a new teacher, therefore I don't know you. Therefore I'm not being impolite when I ask you. Do you watch? 
And when you tell the stone to watch, he says, he might say to himself, oh, you know, you, I won't listen to you because you are not watchful yourself. What the heck? Therefore, are you watchful? Well, when I, I know, watch, not when. Well, wouldn't we have to be watchful, right? What? Wouldn't we have to be watchful in our own habit-forming machineries? Are you watchful? Are you watchful? I am the student. You tell me, be watchful. Hmm? Watch, watch everything that's happening. That girl going on the cycle. Uh, the boy so on. Watch everything. Clouds, trees. Watch. Learn to watch. <coughs> and I, he, I tell him as a teacher, <coughs> learn to watch. Many of their habits through watching. Yes. And, and uh, therefore, uh, therefore, you are helping the student. What much more important is to be awake, hmm, rather than uh, don't do this, do that. Be awake. Then, in that wakeful state, you tell him, or I, we tell him, don't. You know, hair, short hair, out of all. I think he'll be quicker grasping it than taking months over it. If I could, as a teacher, help him to learn what it means to be watchful, and together, student and me, learn together to be watchful hmm? about everything, that girl moving there, you know, everything, then in that, while he's learning, I tell him, look, watch your hair, you follow long hair short, whatever they... I think you can do it if I'm if you if if you can teach me how to be watchful. If I can learn to be watchful. But, uh, you speak to the students all the time. I mean, you do it twice a week sometimes. I've done it. Uh, they don't. They don't. No. no why? Uh, that's what I want to find out. Why? They're not interested. Hmm? They are. I talk to large audiences. What? Constant repetition. Huh? I loathe that kind of thing personally. <coughs> so what? They don't listen. They don't care. They they are attracted for various reasons. Huh? They come here for multiple reasons. And what shall I do? Well, you know, it's not just that it goes deeper than the habit. It's deeper than that. I mean, but if we were I, to say, listen, don't wear rings on this finger, uh, people would say, no, all right, I'll I, I don't want to go much deeper into it. We can, if you want to. But I'm just take, taking that as an example. If, if when the habit-forming 
insensitivity comes into being, then all these problems arise. If you, if you can help the student or help each other to be sensitive, which can only happen in watchfulness, you have solved probably 80% of the problem. Is to educate them. Which is part of our education. Which, which isn't done in instantly. I think it can be done. I'm, I personally, I, I don't want to take uh, many days to break down something. To have a, to, to have discernment and weave your way to care deeply. That's what to care, care deeply. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that the children have got the instinct to care with their toys, with their dog. If you, if you know, they have this feeling for it. But they, it is not, it is only momentary. Now, see a child's nursery now, and they don't even care for the things that they're supposed to love. Or so, what, what shall we do? You, my own quality of energy. What? If my own quality of energy is deep enough, something will happen. Well, does it? But that's not five seconds. Yes. I don't. I don't think we can say if we bring an abstraction to a hypothetical situation, X will happen. I think we must. No, that's a hypothetical. That's why I don't want to discuss hypothetically. Doesn't the issue of watchfulness uh, immediately hinge on how partial or how complete it is? I mean, if you bring it up to, uh, you know, among ourselves, or in a particular case with the student, isn't it then a question of what degree of watchfulness? Yes, I understand that, Ted. I think the question is, can we approach this problem also Why is it so difficult that we don't want to learn? What is? Why don't we want to learn? <coughs> the other day, after one of the talks, a man comes up to me, an oldish man, puts his hand on my shoulder, you were there, and whispers in my ear, saying, you're a lovely old man, but you're stuck in deep grooves. And I rut. said, hmm? Deep rut. Rut. And I went home, when I came to my room, I said to myself, am I stuck in a groove? Rut. Hmm? I watched it all day for three or four days, hmm? that I'm stuck in a rut. It interests me, you follow? I don't want to be stuck in a rat, but if somebody tells me, however politely or impolitely, I watch it. Because I want to love, you follow? Now, how do we do this to the student?
amongst ourselves. You have said that, Madame, before. Do you do it? We talked here. I'm a new teacher, so don't think I'm impolite. But you, I can get away with a lot of that with that by saying that, can't I? <laughs> As a kind of pressure, we say, learn, or let's learn, or learning. And he may feel that uh, something's wanting in him, and it is suggested that something be different in him. And this activates a lot of uh, resistance in many students. Can we get around that in some way? See, one of my... I'm asking myself, I've talked for fifty years or more. Perhaps there are one or two, I don't know, maybe more, but I have not met one or two who say, Look, I completely understood, I live that way, I'm going to burst with it. And I say, What is wrong? It may be the same thing with this. You follow, you follow what I'm saying? Why should we spend our years? Are students who, if they don't flower, what's the point of it all? So I say to myself, one of the reasons is this enormous habit-forming machinery that's been so well established. Parents, children, and they come here, and you are trying to break that down, right? But by the very construction of it, it doesn't want to change, and by the very movement of learning is the, uh, the movement of change. Change, of course. So what will you, Ted, what will you do with me? We've got habits, I've got all kinds of things as a student, and I come here, I said, what will you do? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, day after day, take a month over it? or two months, a year, waste your, all your energy on, on breaking down some stupid little stuff. No, but on, uh, at the same time, the, the, the big, you know, the habit, the, the, the learning issue, is still in the same fix or predicament of challenging not changing. The entire life uh, training of that student or that human being is to reinforce habits. Yes, of course. I know that's the easiest way of living, forming habits and ruts and grooves, and live there. Well, there's an advantage in that any student coming here is disposed to looking at his habits before he comes here. He has approached us and said, look, this sounds different. Uh, And that's the most frequent thing said. So he's disposed to it. So we've we've got a step in... I understand that. So how do you cultivate, give him, so that when he comes here, after a week he's broken... (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want to find out. I don't want to waste my life on... You follow?
can put a bomb under each of us and <laughs> and the students are going to Of course, of course not. Parents send them and all the... The the ones that do, the ones that do come uh, looking for something different are the ones that that do listen and do do make uh, some movement. So can... Do... Can... Can they... Can we learn with him something much deeper than merely hair and you for all the rest of it, for God's sake. Watching it, habits are forming, or is it a question of finishing with habits altogether? Question of finishing with habits. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Finishing. But that might be a conclusion. No. I see. I intellectually, reasonably, logically, habit forming limits the mind. Cut uh, the activity of the brain and all the rest of it. It's a very narrowing little affair. Hmm? So I see it. It's not a conclusion. It's so. It is. That's a microphone. It's not a conclusion. It is so. So can and seeing that, can it be broken down? Um, that's a very mature thing to see, that habit is a narrowing, limiting thing. And a child who's still growing very often gets security. I know this, I know this. And therefore gradually establishes into a groove and is and gone, finished. I think wouldn't even know what the word meant. Of course not. They, they've never seen any habit. Well, because their habits are usually identified very closely with the, themselves. They're as an individual, so called, and they're very defensive against anything perceived as an attack against themselves. Perhaps uh, last year, I don't remember if it was you or Dr. Baum, or there was a meeting and uh, we got very much into the deep implications of the school, of the schools. And there was, uh, there was a certain atmosphere in the room to the students present who were very profoundly affected by seeing the entire picture. And now, I'm wondering perhaps if many of the students, if they don't quite see the total the totality of the picture in terms of <coughs> habits, where that leads to and this, you know, the steps leading to the, the whole way that human beings behave and what we're really trying to accomplish here. 
And perhaps if in some in ways this was the profound importance of this place was made very clear to them. Uh, not just starting with perhaps the small, but they had the whole picture. And then they may be able to fit into in their proper place, their habits, their behavior, and how it all fits into this whole picture. Because I do remember that meeting was very, really something very, very special. I understand that. See, when we talk, when you say no authority, you're attacking the most fundamental thing, you follow? <coughs> no authority means the authority of any habit. I'm a Christian, that's a habit. I'm an American, I'm a Jew, I'm a Hindu, I'm this, I'm that just habit. So you are you are breaking down everything man has built, hmm? basically. You're really saying you break down the habits of your ego. Which I is just the habit, ego, all the rest of it, verbals, you know. So, as a new teacher, I'm asking you, if there is no authority and you are, you, you are you're helping me and the student to learn what freedom is, hmm, in which there is no authority. Therefore, there is no pressure. Hmm? There is no influence. And you know, it's one of the great. You follow. How immense, what the implications in it are. So that my mind is, the mind is never influenced. And therefore, it, it in itself, it has the seed of flowering. And I would like the, my, the student to learn this. So, I, as a group, do are we really deeply interested in this? That's the awakening intelligence. I, I'm asking, as a group, are we really deeply concerned about this? That you are, that we stand, no, that we are learning together to to have a brain and a mind that is not slave to something. 
slave to words, slave to an idea, slave to you follow? Nah. Therefore it's really free and death. Is that what we are all working for? And if we are working for that, working, learning, then the problem arises, how am I, as a teacher, with all of us together, going to convey this thing to the student? That we are really concerned with absolute freedom. Freedom, you follow? That's so essential. How do we translate this to him? They're not interested in it. Hmm? Right. They come here with a <coughs> sent by parents or with their own interest. Those were the two categories. Those who come pushed here and those who come naturally who want to come. Now how how do you deal with those students who want to come out of their own accord, with, with this problem, with this question, that when he leaves here, he must, you follow, have captured this, have learnt it, or is learning about it. And with those who come here reluctantly, pushed by their parents, hmm? how do you de- how do we deal with them? They are in revolt. They are they are hmm, angry, upset, rooted out from their old habits. To you follow, put into a place with them. how what 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 happens? Huh? All right. Therefore, the majority, majority, want to come willingly. Yes. Majority of them want to come willingly. Now, how can we, as a group, convey this to them? Let the seed take root. Hmm? You understand? And deal with it. Uh, not only at the very centre, but also in the frills. You know, have your hair cut and clean, be punctual, all the rest of that. To do both. You follow what I mean? The seed that will operate right through his life, hmm? <coughs> that will flower, and also talk about order, discipline, you know, the the frills of life. Right? How shall we do this?
knowing that no school has ever done this, no group of people have ever done this, and it's one of the most tremendous things in life. Please, I'm the new teacher. Tell, let's learn. Let's tell me what to do. Tell me how you will do this. Not how, how you approach this, in what way you learn about it. Wouldn't we begin by together looking at this question of habit? And Not, yes, habit is only one of the things. Uh, I'm going, we're going much further than that. <clears throat> we said authority. Hmm? Authority means no. No authority means no. Not to influence a boy, which doesn't mean he can do what he likes. The opposite. So that he himself sees the right thing and does the right thing. Not a. Right thing, the accurate thing, the correct thing. How do what do we how do we learn about this? You influence me. Sometimes I see it. Huh? You influence me. Sometimes I see it. Uh-huh. Sometimes I don't see it at all, but I'm perfectly no, no, certain no, it's no, there. I, no, you see, because I'm you see. <coughs> I influence, I mean, one influence another, because one feels very strongly about something. Like this politician I, I was hearing the other day, who was it, somebody, to you, see man talking passionately about wages. Therefore, all the people who are listening to me, who are also concerned with wages, are tremendously influenced by this chap. Murray it was, I think it was. But we are not here to influence each other. I don't want to influence. That to me is a drug. I'm not peddling drugs. Sorry. But it's for you to see it for yourself, and that is finished. I don't have to tell you. And can we together see this? You understand, sir? Together. Not I see it and you don't see it, therefore, then when you see it, you influence me and you tell me what, and we go through all the rigmarole. Together to see this. If we see it, or when we see it, or learning to see it, which is better, learning to see it, in the very act of learning to see it, how do we convey this to the student?
I think we can wait when we are passionate about something, sir. Right? The other day somebody came to me and said, I'm tremendously influenced by what you said. I said, oh my God. <laughs> he, said, oh, he said, what do you mean, oh my God? So, do we together <coughs> accept, yes, I'll use the, see the reality, the reality, the truth of no authority? Together. Not only superficially, but in depth. Not to influence, not to <coughs> put any pressure, but realizing there must be in order and all the rest of it. Do we together see this, the importance of it? As a new teacher, I see by Joe how it's a tremendous thing. And I would like to learn. At the greatest depth, what is what are the implications? And I'm passionate to convey this to my students. What do you say? <laughs> it seems that we're in a position, uh, more or less definitely, not uh, saying, yes, uh, to some extent I'm doing this or to some extent I should do that, but uh, in the position of uh, looking at the action that is, in fact, together uh, a, a movement of this kind. No, Ted, I'm asking you, do you and I, two people, you and I for the moment, see the importance and the depth of no authority?
Therefore, it involves a great deal. You know a great deal about uh, machinery. I don't. But <coughs> you, knowing so much, naturally begin to have an, assume an authority. I give you the authority, or you assume to have the authority. But if you and I are learning, learning, not about something, but the, the, the fact that I must learn, A school means leisure in which you learn. And am, am I learning or are you learning about authority? Putting it all, tearing it all to pieces and seeing the facts of it? See, I'm going to India next month, at the end of next month. And it's now, you follow, tremendous authority, dictatorial authority. I have to talk. I said I would go there only on condition nights. I can say what I want to say. And I'm going to talk about authority, naturally, which I've done for the last fifty years. And people don't want to learn. They listen and say, Oh, marvellous, what a lovely idea. Oh, how interesting. Oh, how right it is. And just go on be uh, slaves for the rest of their lives. I have to approach it differently. Say, don't be slaves to tradition. And dictatorship is one of the oldest traditions in the world. Right? So I'm. <laughs> Democracy is also a tradition. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. But I prefer democracy to the other. <laughs> so, if we are, if we are all together learning, it's a marvelous thing. You understand, sir? We've created a different thing all together. All of us, a different place where all of us are learning. And a boy comes into the middle of this and says, My God, the, what? You follow? What a tremendous thing he'll find. They really mean what they say, that they are really learning. So we have immediately established a totally different relationship with him.
The other day in the talk, after the talk, one of the women came up to me and said, we are, you are learning, you are my brother. You are, can I walk with you? Can I come and see your room? You follow? They reduced to that <laughs> absurdity. I think that's the root of this, you know, don't you? That that the that we are here to learn from each other, from the books, from students and from everything. Is it Goya or Velasquez who said, at the age of 92, he said, I'm still learning. stop. Do we go, do we go on with this kind of huh, staff meeting? You will let us know when. Huh? <coughs> let us know when. I can do it next Thursday. Because I can't do it on Monday or Wednesday. Yes, I know, but I'll be all that's nothing. Well, let's be here, but let's learn to... We'll find out. If I can talk on Thursday, we'll do it, but do we go on with this? Is it worth going? Yeah, please, do you won't flatter me to go to hell, but, I, but if you say, is, is it worthwhile doing this? What we are doing, sir, is this, as far as I am concerned. I come here as a new teacher, and I want to learn from you what you have done. Learn. I want to learn. I, my whole life has been to, I've spent on learning, and I want to learn. Here are a group of people from whom I can learn a great deal. Because they have, they have talked about no authority, they have talked about freedom, they have talked about <coughs> order, 
all that, they have gone into this thing, and I want to learn from them. And together, create a flame of learning. <laughs> you understand? That's how we started. Huh? That's how we started. But it seems we moved from there. Move. Let's move. No, we I have moved from there. Huh? I mean, it seems that uh, I mean you use that starting as a way to focus our attention on our own attitude towards authority. Right? Yes. I mean, you're not Learn about it so that I have no shadow of authority. You follow inside me. So that my mind is free from authority, of influence, of wanting to influence, you know, all that. So that my mind is really free. I want to learn. I come here for that purpose. I could go to any school. I come here for that for the for that for only that reason. Because here I've heard that there are a group of people here who have who are concerned with this and are trying to learn about it and not be dogma and all the rest. So I think I'd like to join them. And I'm, and if you're not that, I'm going to insist on that. You <laughs> follow? And find out together how to convey this thing to the students. If you can teach me how to convey this to the students. I say, all right, I've learnt it, I go and go to Rishi Valley, you follow, and teach, learn, help them to learn. Well, we've got many schools, and I, it would be a waste if this isn't rooted in there. So, you understand? Right? I made my position clear. Right, sir? Now, is it worth doing here? I'm just asking, shall we go on with this? <coughs> if you say it is worth it, then I come next Thursday, because I can't. Before that, because I've got on day after tomorrow, I go to the dentist and all the rest of it, till Thursday. I'm booked. Don't take a vote as they do in the TUC or the West House of Government. We just right. Is that enough? The Immeasurable Podcast is a project of the Krishnamurti Center, funded by the Krishnamurti Foundation of America. For information on our online community programs and how to support this work please visit kfa.org.